Hi, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Hefas. We are on Season 2, Episode 2, with our very first special guest, Nicole Naro. Nicole is the wine manager of Este and Bartotti and my very own co-manager. Um, I'm very excited to have her here today. Uh, we're just going to get to know her, and Nicole is a real Hefa. So, that being said... Nicole, welcome on. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, really excited to be here and excited to start off the season. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so Nicole, you are one of the coolest, funniest people I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we talk every day and I've gotten to know you as a coworker, but also as a friend. But now the world deserves to get to know you and your story. And so let's just get into it. Can you tell us where you were born? Yes. Um, I was born in Saltillo, Mexico. Um, and then briefly spent some time in France with my mom and then went back to Mexico. And then I moved to the States in 1997. I moved to Brownsville, Texas, and then moved to Austin in 2000. Oh, cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hey, Priscilla, you're from Brownsville. I am from Brownsville. So I'm five six, baby. Exactly. I thought, it was really, <laughs> I thought it was really nice when I first met you, and like I've never met anybody. Oh, no, wait. I'm lying. Delia's from Brownsville. Yeah. So, another, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Delia's from Brownsville. So it was really nice to meet someone that kind of gets it, like, the language, the verbiage. Like, mm-hmm. you literally just said it right now. Like, the 956, it's like... It's yeah. like a, it's a weird coded language. Like yeah, I, for sure. Even my other coworkers now, like, have, you know, like, four of them, and they're like, yeah, Pudo 956. Yep. And I'm like, okay, uh, you get it. My grandmother taught at Kenmont, and I went to Episcopal Day School. Kenmont right off Boca Chica. Kenmont. It's a Montessori school. Yeah, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. But Boca Chica's a very long... Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where the old H-E-B was? Like, right now, it was on Boca Chica, old H-E-B... Yeah, it's still there. That's the that's Episcopal Day School. That's where Episcopal Day School. I can't remember where Kenmont is, but yeah, my grandmother taught there. Stop French. What do you, What do you think about it now when you go back to Brownsville? So I haven't been back to Brownsville in probably um, almost ten years. I, oh, my grandmother wow. My grandmother comes up here, um, and when I went back to Brownsville, I went to Sunrise Mall. Yeah, and it was nice just because I got to like. You often forget, like, the taco culture scene is so different from Austin to Brownsville. And it, and because, you know, when I lived in Brownsville, we would go to Matamoros all the time. And so being able to, like, have that, like, very, very particular style of tacos, it, it just brought back a lot of memories. Because, like, I know Austin has, like, a big taco scene, but it's just different because everyone brings a different influence to Austin. But in Brownsville, it's very concentrated. Yeah, it's super mm. concentrated. You know what you're getting. Like I can't, I can't go to Austin and be like, me da una orden de seis tacos. You're gonna be like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like, can I get four tacos and an order over there is like six tacos? And they're the little guys, exactly. Yeah, and I'm not gonna pay two bucks for a little taco over there. So mm-hmm. talking about Sunrise Mall, damn, that brings up a lot of memories. I loved going there when I was a kid. The movie theater over there, and they also had to expand it. Like it was a big thing. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Also. I remember very vividly my cousins coming from uh, from Saltillo, 
and oh god this there's also like really close to there there's a mcdonald's these poor people my 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 parents were trying to instill like chores and so i had like a bunch of like pennies and stuff and so i was like hey to my cousins i was like i got lunch today i paid in pennies and nickels and dimes these oh my god i felt so bad for now now you know now that i'm in the service industry i'm like oh that poor the, the, the poor people in the in the drive through but yeah they took elections. Yeah. I mean, did they say anything? I can't remember because I was like seven or eight. Oh. But yeah, I was oh. like, okay, so this is going to be a dollar. This is a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I paid, what, probably like back then it was like probably 10 bucks for like three meals. Yeah. yeah. Inflation now is a lot <laughs> more uh, different. But, no. for real. you know, we talked a little bit about Brunswick, but talk, I mean, how is France? That's pretty cool. I, so I don't have, when I was there as a child, I don't truly remember it. I would spend some summers there and that's where I remember. And I remember particularly one when I was, I just, you know what, it's interesting and like in perspective, um, just how you have it so good as a kid until you don't. And living in France, I just like... It's so I was such a like spoiled brat that I was like 17 and I didn't want to go to France. I had to spend an entire summer there and I had just had this boyfriend and all I could think about during the time was like, cause you couldn't just call it costs a lot of money. Also yeah. like my uncle wouldn't like let me, um, he wouldn't let me like go on the computer very much. So, but all like at any given time, all I wanted to do was like talk to my American boyfriend <laughs> and I'm like in Paris and I'm like, Oh, this sucks. Like I just want to talk to Bryce oh. His name was <laughs> <laughs> and, and all oh, I wanted Bryce. to do. And like, I, then we go to like the beach where we used to live and it's like this gorgeous beach. It's like crystal, like dark, crystal clear, like dark blue water. And I'm like laying in the ocean. I'm like, Bryce, 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 Bryce. All I could think about was Bryce. Um, and, but yeah, it's, I, I do feel very privileged that, you know, I have, you know, definitely on my father's side, we're Mexican and I had such an influence in culture there, but also my mom is Irish and Ecuadorian and Nubia, my grandmother, also just, we grew up in a very, like, a, kind of a household that was very Hispanic and also very Americanized, but also there was such a French influence there too. There's a lot of culture going on in my house. My mom's best friend is Greek. That was my grandmother's best, like her mother was my grandmother's best friend. So there was, we had a lot of influence from like, from European cultures. And it just, I think has like really grounded our family. And I'm very, very grateful. I wasn't when I was 17. So. Oh, Aww. I mean, you're a kid when you're 17. I know. Like, yeah, it's true. Your babies. Yeah, exactly. It's like, all you think about is like boys. And Bryce. Like, yeah, Bryce. <laughs> Bryce. <laughs> We're only thinking about Bryce. <laughs> um, what about Austin? I mean, you've been here, what, like? Yeah, what brought you here? here? Well, uh, my family brought me brought me here. Um, but I left when I was 18. I wanted to move to New York. And my mom also lived in New York. And so when I was 18, she was like, hey, like, why don't you try a different city and before you move to New York? Why don't we try Chicago as like a as a like a like a safety net kind yeah, of Yeah, just to be yeah. like maybe New York's gonna be too big. I gave Chicago a year and I was like, I I I wanted to go to New York. And so I left when I was nineteen going on 20 to move to New York and I came back in 2018 and uh, I came back to Austin. So I spent, I spent a good time in New York, but then I, I came back to Austin and I'm here for, for a while. 
I don't know if Austin's going to be the forever place. Okay. I'm very, I'm very intrigued by France. Um, that's on the, I also really love California. I really love Northern California, like the Bay Area, but I'm also like a, I'm an LA girly. Do you see yourself having like a forever place or do you want to travel? I think I would be a person that I don't, since I'm not tied down to anything, Right now, I feel like I would try a new city and then see if I like it. And if I don't, then I'll go somewhere else. I yeah. feel like Austin, I feel like Austin is my safety net. And and I'm very happy here and I feel very safe and I'm not quite ready to leave yet. But I do, I, th I like being challenged. Yeah. And since my French is terrible, I would love to, I would love to move to France and that. It's been like in a conversation with my family because my mom's also thinking about retiring in France. I'm like, oh, I know I would like to, I mean, I'm trying to convince her to buy a vineyard. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I know. That would be I know incredible. But there, I would have to like learn so much. And I mean, again, that would be the challenge that I'm looking for. But also there's also challenges in like the Bay Area and also LA also like Again, I'm just kind of all over the place. I, I spent eight years of my life in New York, and I'm like, I could, I loved living in New York. I could also do that. I just could, I could also, the food scene there alone, just, and also the wine scene there. There's so many opportunities. I'm just not ready to make a decision quite yet. And that's okay. I definitely see you as a California girly. I can totally see it. I'm an LA girly, but. But, it, like, yeah. imagine having a vineyard in France. I also, this just brings me to something else. Like, what sparked your passion for wine? Because you, the way you talk about wine is, like, I, I'm trying to compare it. Like, what am I passionate about? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, what do you like? Like, <laughs> love is the way you talk about wine. You love love and you love you love wine like you love love. Like, yeah. I love love. That didn't, none of that made sense. No, that totally makes sense. But, it like, I see true. it in you. It's, like, this especially when you talk about in pre-shifts or just like, even when we're just hanging out, you have this like fiery passion. Like where did that come from? Well, so my family also were like pretty big wine drinkers. And there actually, there is a photo of me in France at two drinking. There's like a, like a water bottle right next to me, like a baby bottle. And I'm like drinking the red wine. There's a photo of there out there. I'll just send it to y'all. <laughs> Can we go to France also together? I would love that. Oh God. I'm trying to go. I would love to go this year too. Wow. Um, but my, my interest sparked, I guess it's like a two, there's a two-parter to it. I had my first aha wine in 2015. I was working at Brooklyn Winery uh, in Williamsburg. It was an urban winery. Ooh. And it was the, I drank an Old Vine Ziffendale from California from the Lodi. And it was the first time that a glass of wine really spoke to me in the way that it's, it brought me back to memory. It To me, it tasted like being at a campfire. And it had this like smoky, a lot of like red berry notes. And it was like really ripe and lush. But it just like really, it like, felt like, like a warm blanket was coming over. And I felt like I was at a fire. I could like smell the smoke in my hair. And I was like, oh my God, that, like, I could, like, I could taste memories. And they're like, oh, we'll try another one. And it was completely different. And I was like, ah, okay, now I get it. And then Aww. 
So that I started liking more wine and kind of being a little bit more adventurous. But again, I didn't really know anything about it, but I kind of was like, okay, I think I'm starting to like Cabernet. I think I'm starting to like Old Vine Ziffendale. I'm starting to like Pinot Noir. And then it wasn't until the pandemic where naturally we were all drinking a lot at home. Yeah. And I had a little bit of Catholic guilt, if you will, uh, about drinking so much. You said Catholic guilt. <laughs> yeah. I had some Catholic drink of, or Catholic guilt of drinking so much. And so I was like, well, the only way I'm going to make myself feel better is to learn about the bottle that I'm drinking. Yeah. And so I started, I was on a lot of Zooms with a lot of my friends and I was like, oh, this is what I'm drinking. This is what I learned about it. And from there, I got to learn about producers and about people and that people are making this like beverage, this libation that we've been all enjoying for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And whether or not it was a new producer that they've just learned how to make wine or it's been in their family, but what you're, what you're drinking is history. You're drinking passion. You, people aren't winemakers because they're going to be rich. They're winemakers because they love it and you can yeah. taste it. You can, you, there's so much that goes into it. And that to me was like, oh my gosh, I get to try a little bit of Sicily. I get to try their culture and like Sicilian wine to me, has, it's very, very specific. Or if I want to drink a Chilean wine or if I want to drink like a Santa Barbara wine, you get to drink a little bit of this like salty note specifically with Santa Barbara. But like you get to try a location and that to me is so romantic because it's, it's, it's just, it's culture, it's history. It's someone's passions. They put their hands into this product or their feet. Yeah. That is romantic. That's beautiful. Nicole, what was the first restaurant you ever worked at? Oh, it was Pluckers. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> it was okay, the one I was sister worked there too. Yeah. It was Pluckers. Uh, I was 16. Um, Which one you said? It was the one off, it was in Round Rock. It was like off 620. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy to think that 16 year olds can work in a restaurant. I shouldn't have been. What? Like 620 and like by Lake Lime Mall? No, on the other side. It was like 35 and 620. Oh. Yeah, there's a Pluckers over there. That what was, did you do there? Were you a host? I was a, a... I was a host. I don't think I was allowed to serve. No, yeah, don't you have to be like over 20 or something like that? I think 18. Oh, yeah, at least 18. I yeah. think I was a host. But I definitely remember like naturally it's a restaurant. You kind of did everything, right? Yeah. Um, I remember, yeah, I didn't last very long. Also, I was like 16 years old. Like my responsibilities were not like, I didn't take my job very serious. Yeah. Yeah. So you have pluckers. All right. Other than pluck, I mean, tell us about your experience there. Was it fun? Was it not? I mean, I've never been to a pluckers ever, ever, ever. I, I really want to go to be honest. I think... I can use my niece's discount. Oh, yes. So. Uh, <laughs> they have a really good Caesar salad. Um, they, That's ooh. good to know because I, I try to find the best Caesar salads. It's Southwestern, and they still have it on the menu. It has corn in it and, like, uh, little, you know, corn I chips on it. I did good. not know the that. The only I'm salad I'm, like, right a fan of is Chick-fil-A's. Oh, the kale one. No, not the kale one. It's their cob salad. Oh, I didn't even know that they their had cob it, like, salad's every good. day mm, mm. for my, my work lunch and so good. Oh, yeah. With corn, you get it with black, uh, with black beans. Mm. It is so good. Well, okay, so pluckers, I don't have, I can't. What's the good, the bad, and the ugly there? Honestly, like, I, I don't have that many memories there because I think I did, not because I shut them out because they were so bad, but 
You were a child. Yeah, yeah I was a child. a child. It's interesting because, like, when I really associate myself with, like, restaurants, the first one that I really worked at was one in New York City. It was called The Crooked Knife. It's still there. Okay. That is more where, like, I, I have more memories. Okay. I started off as a host, then moved into server, then moved into bartender. Brunch. You got – it was unlimited, like, a boozy brunch. It was a nightmare. And then also just, like, being – a everyone was friends with everybody but like it's insane like you know the bars would close at four and that bar it was four four in the morning and you would yeah you would drink until four o'clock in the morning but you would get off at like midnight right you would drink until four and then be at brunch at 10 45 in the morning or like 10 30 in the morning to open up for brunch and then to do a double like were you tired no, it was like twenty four. Yeah, you have all that. <laughs> yeah, you have all that bad time. Exactly. You I, could like be drinking and go run ten miles, and you'd be great. Exactly, and like hangovers don't exist when you're twenty four. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you know how you were talking about um, places that you've worked at. You've talked about fuckers, but let's talk about you know just toxic workplaces that you've been at. You know, ownership. You know, management, establishments in general. There's a few, there was a, a, there was a restaurant, it was a nightclub and a, like an elevated sports club that I worked at in New York, um, that was difficult to work at because at one point the money was so good where I was like turning a blind eye to myself and to what was also happening there. Um, and it got to a point where, I just, I, I couldn't feel safe in that work environment that I had to leave despite how great the money was. Um, but I think that this is like something that just, it's a tale old as time. It was just sexual harassment. Um, I feel like at some, there, there's also like another place here that I worked at where sexual harassment also was prevalent, but like for whatever reason, it's like reverse sexual harassment. I am like, Often, when I worked in New York, I just was often told that I wasn't wearing my shirt low enough or I wasn't my shorts weren't short enough. Or here, like, just in the instance that, like, I wasn't wearing enough makeup. I, like, or that, like, oh, like, you're not wearing thong underwear. I'm like, why does my underwear choice have anything to do with our work environment? But a lot of, like, toxic work environments are difficult to maintain because I think you don't want to be the person that's like starting the problem. Right. And like advocating for yourself, I think in these work environments, like a toxic work environment will make you feel that way because like in the instance that if anyone says anything, like they're being dramatic. Right. But if you are in a really positive work environment, any type of criticism or anything that's making you feel safe, uh, the right ownership and management team will be like that. You're right. That is actually inappropriate. And we don't, we don't stand for that. So we're going to correct it. Um, I think advocating for yourself, and when you can't, I think that's when, like, the place is toxic. I'm glad you were able to get out of those toxic environments. Yeah, it was hard to do that because I think, like, when you're in the service industry, like, you don't have a salary job, right? When you are, like, a tipped employee. So you have to figure you have to figure what, like, finances are going to be like for you when you or like, even taking the time to, to, to look for another job. And sometimes, like, you don't know what the job market is going to be like, right? And... I think, like, in order to, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's hard until it's until you can 
until you see like the change that you need, then it like becomes easier to advocate for yourself. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're working in like the right places. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're working in the wrong place and they are putting other people for you, regardless if you've gone up to them, there is just never any change. Exactly. That's basically, you know, that's similar to my experience where like someone made me feel uncomfortable. And there, it was, it, it almost felt like a sugarcoat of like, hey, we're going to correct these steps and we're going to do all these things. But then that person still works there. Mm-hmm. And it's also like. That's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. It's also like this person's like in, in a lot of power regardless of what they're doing. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It, it, I almost feel like a guilt too because it's like I don't want this person to lose their job, but this person's made me feel uncomfortable. It's, but it's weird. It's such a weird thing. It's that and it's also like, of course, like we're changing someone's life, but I also like to think about it this way. Like if they're treating me this way and I'm that uncomfortable, imagine if they're doing it worse to somebody else. And that's the thing because mm-hmm. they, they 100% were. Mm-hmm. And it's like a blind eye. Like it's like it doesn't work. Yeah, and it it just sucks. It really does suck. And I, I mean, I understand now why there's so many, you know, all these restaurants where like women are in charge of certain things because it really does make a big difference. Like, I think so too. I think that one hundred percent does. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. I think that like often, not all the time, but I think that women when they are in positions of leadership I think that people feel safer I think like just like patriarchal or in the patriarchy men have just been given these positions of power and they don't know how to deal with people's emotions or offering empathy because they're so they've just been put into these positions but women have had to work so hard to get on top and so when we're already on top We've had to sympathize and we've had to listen to people. And so when we are in charge, when someone comes with us with a with an issue, not only do we offer often we often often uh we often offer an ear, but I think just by looking and like listening to someone makes them feel safer as opposed to like I think a lot of in toxic work environments when when it's just men, they are just like move on, move past it. I'm like, but that's not helpful. It really isn't helpful. No matter, no matter, I don't know. I've worked with someone who was a woman or she's still a woman. She's still alive. (laughs) But um, it's weird because she lacked all of those characteristics, which is so horrible because it's like, I couldn't even go to her to like tell her. I think it's really important for us all to stick together too. Mm -hmm. Because given what we're talking about, like we've all been through something like that, whether Mm -hmm. it's at work or outside of work. Yeah, and it, it, that's why it's incredibly important to do that. Well, yeah. I also know that there are some women that are in positions of leadership that have none of those skills because they won't allow themselves to offer that because I think they see it as a sign of weakness. But I think it's a sign of power. It's weird. Yeah, it's like almost like like a sense of like a you need to respect me because I'm in this position kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, we're not asking you to be our friend. We're just asking you to be a normal human being and just hear us out regardless instead of turning like a blind eye and be like, yeah, well, I hear you out, you know, keep going. Or, I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a shitty feeling mm-hmm. having bosses like that. So Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm going to pivot here for just a little bit. Nicole, um, tell us like, Tell us what it's like dating in the industry and, 
you know, if you want to share a little bit about your experience. I think, I don't know. I think it's like, it's, so I'm trying not to date anyone in the industry. It's really hard because like you spend so much time at your job or on your like days off, you typically go to a restaurant, right? And you like know your friends and you go to your friend's bar or you go to your friend's restaurant. It's really, it's hard, but I think that it's like dating in the industry. Like I don't want to, I just don't want to date in general. I think what the market out there has been really rough. And I think dating in the industry, like it, there's like positives and negatives to it. I think it's great that we can like, after like a long day, like those people will absolutely understand what your day has been like, which I think Mm -hmm. is like great. But at the same time, like I don't also want to talk about work all the time. Like I want to be able to talk about culture and I want to talk about whatever is like happening in our like political climate. I want to talk about like stories of like where they grew up or like how they grew up or sharing like shared experiences. But I think like, because my experience is so, so like stitched in the service industry, it's hard not to, to talk about it, but yeah. That's a good point. Cause I feel like it takes so much mental energy out of you. So it's nice. It can be nice to be able to, cause even like dating, but like your friends, like to just like talk about, stuff that happens that you can like relate to Mm -hmm. but then it's also like you're talking about it it's that can also be really bad for your mental health I definitely yeah I feel like I learned you know a couple years ago to to just not talk about work outside of work because then I feel like it never stops yeah and now I'm like I we we all do it still but I try to just talk to about to work about my to my therapist (laughs) I then it just like keeps going and going, you know. See, I would love to date someone who's like in true crime, like journalism, so I could hear Ooh. about their day, and then they could yeah. ask about my day. But we're not talking about like, yeah. I just like want to like listen to someone's like perspective in a field that I have no idea what what that's like. Like, would love to. I'd love to date a surgeon. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> then you can Dr. tell each other these stories. Yeah. Every day. And like, but yeah, I would love to date someone that is like so far removed from my industry that it feels like, I don't know, like not necessarily like learning a new skill, but you're like learning about a different field that you have no, like no understanding. I don't know. That's a good perspective. Yeah. How do you feel, Priscilla? Because you're married to someone in the industry, so. I mean. Is it different because you've known each other for so long? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is really different. I feel like if when we both worked in the industry, it was good. Because regardless, if, even if we worked in the same place or, like, in the same business, we still had two different um, experiences with it. Mm-hmm. it's two different restaurants it's back of the house front of the house it's two different worlds so our conversations really wouldn't get boring mm-hmm. um and even now it's like it's still two different worlds but it just i don't know i do like hearing about his day because 
I don't see him for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we text throughout the day, but it's not the same as like hearing how his day went from morning to you know his... play by play. Exactly, I mm-hmm. do like to hear that, and he likes to hear you know what I what I go through at my job. So yeah. I do like it. That's nice. Yeah, it, I think it's it also just kind of keeps like the relationship going. So Nicole, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself in six months or a year? Or five days. Five days? Uh, Those are three different questions, I guess. In five days, I <laughs> I think I'll be at work or maybe I'll be at home on my couch with my cat, I hope. Doing ceramics. <laughs> Doing ceramics, yeah. yeah. I have the, yes, I have the wheel at my house now, so that's been like, I. if it's going to be cold, I want to be home. Um, I, I love to watch your videos when oh, you're there. doing your ceramics. Oh, thank you. Wait, after you tell us your goals in six months, we want to hear about your ceramics life. So. Oh, God, I love it so much. Um, so in six months, I still want to be operating the wine list that we have at um, at SJ. I also really want to pass my level three. Um, but more importantly, like, I think not everyone's going to be able to have this, like, passion that I have for wine but I hope that like I encourage more people to like our staff and our friends I have a few friends that like aren't big wine drinkers but I would love to like get them excited about a wine like to me that's great when I can get someone that's normally like a cocktail drinker to to try wine and being like oh that was actually really I really really like that I'm gonna actually like go to the grocery store and buy a bottle so just being able to continue that journey and getting people excited about our like our wine list. I also want to like do more like female, like led, like girl hangs and like have like a game night where there's lots of wine and there's cheese and olives and like, I love that. I really would just love to be able to like offer a wider net of like women networking together, but I don't want it necessarily to be like networking. We are all in this industry together and we're all women in like leadership. I just want to be able to provide a space where we get to like celebrate each other while like playing games or just like getting to connect. I think like that's just something that I will never want to stop doing. I just love connecting with people. I love getting to know about people and like, I just want to be able to offer like a space. I have a like, and I truly like, I know that I'm talking about a space in general, but I also physically have a big backyard so I can host a lot of people. Yeah. So that's, I, I think that's great. Yeah. Like I, a loteria night? I would love to do something. Uh, girl, I'm playing, we're, we're bringing Uno. Oh, that I sounds really amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. I just want to like have like a super chill night where like, if you want to talk about work, you can, if you you don't you don't have to we can talk about we can just have fun like i want to have a place where we can like connect and clock out essentially you know yeah that's why i like doing this podcast because we get to just like talk to people i clock out the moment five o'clock strikes Mm -hmm. see you lock my computer i don't worry about nothing anymore that's good it's it's if you can if you're able to do that i think that that's it's hard to do that, and it's it takes. It, it's hard to do it, but if you can, that's. And, and I think the it's healthy. Industry, I couldn't do that in the service industry. It's much it's harder. harder. Yeah, there I just like detach. Like, I think there's ways to do it in the service industry that are. I think yeah, and I think that like you know again it goes into being like in a good work environment when the idea is that like I respect your time and my time is also respected yeah. too. So when you are on those days off, like. 
there's obviously like emergencies happen and we have to respond to them and like but also like I think that people like for instance like your days off or your days off and like we don't really like talk we we really try to like keep that boundary focused because like I know that certain people's like diet days off like it can wait for two days yeah yeah it really can mm -hmm. and so like if you can really offer that I think that that's great it's hard to be able to like because also you also want to feel connected right because like if you really love and like connect and like really love your job like you want to stay it's like hard to like you know on your days off to not read the notes and like because when you get back to work you want to be like oh I this is what I missed you know exactly what you mean yeah well speaking of days off tell us what you do on your days off aka the art of ceramics I do a lot of ceramics. Um, I have a wheel at my house. I don't have a kiln yet. Um, it's going to be more challenging. But yeah, I started ceramics like a year ago and it has truly been like life changing. It is the only thing in my life that I can say that has truly gotten me out of my head and I'm truly like connected to my breath and clay and working with my hands and I have really enjoyed the challenges of like having to work on letting go and like not being perfect because it took a really long time and even when I'm throwing on the wheel now like there's times where I still fuck up all the time mm -hmm. and it's been really great to be able to like give myself the gift of like being imperfect yeah. Oh, you ever pretend that's that beautiful. Movie when they're, um, they're, what is it? I mean, like a little. Oh, or a ghost. Yeah. And it's like, Demi Moore. Yeah, me and Suki. Um, <laughs> Suki, tell us who Suki is. Oh, Suki is my <laughs> 14 year old black cat. Um, next year, uh, she's going to be 15, so we're going to have a cat for her. Oh! <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> Oh, she's gonna have a dress and everything. Can we come? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Everyone's gonna come to Sushi's Cat and get up. up. We, yes, she needs to have her toys. She's gonna save have, the day. Yeah. You're all invited. <laughs> save the day to Suki's Cat and yes. It'll be in October 2025. Was really about Suki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. I'm glad you found ceramics, like just a way to just like disconnect and like find your inner peace well this is why I also want to add to that too because like I love wine so much but I don't want to just be like associated with wine I also am a person outside of my job and I know that like a lot of people like I, I think that I am associated with wine and I think that's I, I, I do love that but I don't want to just be like Nicole associated with wine I want to be someone that's like more I'm a sister I'm a friend I'm a daughter I'm a co-worker but I'm also not just a person that is just in wine. I have other passions. I love ceramics, but I also, like I said, I love hosting people. I love cooking. I also, I just, I, like I said, I really love connecting with people and I love learning about different cultures. And so when someone's from just backgrounds, I love hearing about like people's, like th their heritage. I love hearing about like the food that their grandmother cooked or the food that their mom cooked or that they're cooking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I'm really happy that I have a passion that's not connected to my job. I love that. Yeah. I need to get emotional here for a second. Go ahead. <laughs> it's very, very meaningful, important to have you both in the same room here oh, today. Why? Because. Yeah. Not wine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me cry. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. Well, Priscilla was my work wife at Suerte, and and then it was so hard to leave Suerte and come to SC, but immediately we've connected, and I would not be where I am without you, Nicole. I I probably would, like, have not made it. (laughs) 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 I'm serious. You You are, like, you listen to me, and, like, when... And you and I are always, like, when I am, like, oh, my gosh, I'm having a mental breakdown. You're, like, I'm great. And then we switch up. Yep. <laughs> yep. But you have – you're the most compassionate, like, person ever. You always listen to me. You're very patient. And you're just a tremendous leader. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm just so lucky to know you. Well, so that's very sweet. It's true. Like, everyone like- just should know, like, how incredible of a person you are. Well, thank you. That means it's, oh, thank you. It's just very sweet. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. I've, you know, I just think that I look up to both of y'all and y'all's like passion for this project, but also y'all are just very nice people. And it's hard to like meet genuine. (laughs) (laughs) She was still awake. She was still (laughs) awake. But to, nice to the people who typical deserve it, you know. No, I'm kidding. But to Thanks find to people that are like are genuine, I think like there's a lot of people that like want things from people, and like and I and that's okay too. But I think it's really nice to just like be in a space literally right now where people are just like connecting and getting to be with each other. And I think that that's special that you guys offer that here. Mm-hmm. I never got the privilege to work with you, but I know I know you as a friend. Yeah, you guys would have yeah. been incredible. Oh yeah, we would have been a little bopping around. And we would have had <laughs> the most fun workplace <laughs> you yeah. would ever know. I never worked with you, but I like I got to know you outside of work. Yeah, I I, I feel like you know we've we've made a friendship. I know, and now we're here. Now, we, now I got to know you more. It's been yeah, it's been great. I will say just really quickly when Ronnie and I work a shift together. The walls could be on fire, and we figure it out. We yeah. always figure it out. That's and a good team, though. Like yeah. honestly, anytime that there's like a challenge, I don't. It's never a challenge because I feel so taken care of by Ronnie, and like it's your attitude. But also for whatever reason, we just always. It's like it's never an issue. It's because you do your thing, I do my thing. Like we're we have very different like roles, mm-hmm. and like. But we we still like come together, so it's good. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's well. I think it all kind of goes back to what we were talking about. I think it's like having empathy. We don't know what someone is going through outside of those four walls when you're at work, or even what, what's going. We don't know. And the easiest thing that we can offer to someone, and it costs nothing, is just to be kind. And I if agree it does with that. cost you, if you have to go out of your way to be kind. I'm telling you, if it costs you something, it probably means everything for that person, for them to just have a little bit of empathy from from, from someone. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. All you can do is be kind because you don't know what people are going through. Exactly. It's true. I'm really um, glad we, were, we could talk about some of these things today, too. Me, too. And I just want to say thank you to Nicole. I think hearing your story, getting to know you better has really just like opened up my eyes to you a little bit more. Oh, well, Not that you. I thought anything bad about you before, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I understand you more. Oh, well, thank you. You know, and, and I just want to say thank you, and I hope everyone really liked this episode because um, it's really hard for us to all coordinate our schedules mm-hmm. together. <laughs> I <laughs> want to say it's 11.21 right now, and we're recording in the morning. In the morning, <laughs> and granted, 
they both have to go to work, which is insane because they have crazy days ahead of them. Wow. Um, but yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot to me and Ryan. Well, thank you. Like I said this morning, I want to be here. So again, thank you so much. Yeah. I had a great time and I don't want to listen to myself talk anymore. <laughs> well, <why? laughs> I think there you have the best podcast yeah. podcast oh, voice. So. <laughs> Before we leave, give us your best ASMR sound. Oh, off the top of your head oh. right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unique New York. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you oh, for that. listening to us. Have a listen. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>